you today something that God really placed on my heart as I was in 28 degrees sitting on the beach up in Exmouth. Don't want to rub it in, watching the turtles come towards us. It's tough. But someone has to do it. But I was away. And I heard the messages and, uh, that we've actually had over the last three weeks. And each one of them, God has been speaking to us in a very, very real way. And I hope you've been listening to them. We first of all had the first message from John Mez. And John Mez brought a very good word. But one of the things that he said there was make sure that you give margins for the things God wants to do. And it's so true. Sometimes we can get so busy even with church life that we get so busy on these things we don't give space for God to do what God wants to do. And so it was a good point for us to say give God space that we can hear what he has to say. And as a church, we can move where God wants to take us. And then we had another message by Kyla MacDonald. It was a brilliant message. If you haven't listened to that, you need to. If you're a church member here, you need to go on the podcast and listen to that message. It was a significant and important message for us. As she talked about the wine skin and the new wine, and that the wineskin uh, needed to be changed or softened to receive the new wine, and God's been doing that, and now's the season for new wine, for a new wine, a new, a new heart of the Father. And I really believe that's important for us right now, to know that God wants to pour us in a fresh wine. It was prophesied over me before we came back from our long service leave two years ago, and I believe that now is the time. And we need to step into that, not just keep dreaming of the future, but step into it now. And then we had Gene speak last week. And Gene spoke, um, his main theme that he spoke about was just be who God made you to be and don't try and be something else. You put those three messages together, church, and I think we hear the Spirit of God speaking to us and saying, this is a new time for us individually, but as a church. Whilst I was away, and it was an interesting time away, but the thought that came to me very strongly, which lifted a whole burden off my shoulders, was this. It's time to build. It's time to build. It's time to actually get on with the job and build that which God's put in front of us. It's like that whole Nehemiah who was passionate about seeing the walls had fallen down and the glory of God. And all of a sudden there was a particular time where he went out, he saw the walls, and they started to rebuild those walls. And this is the time, church, for us to go. We've got a, we've got a job to do. And as I was reading scripture, um, I came against this verse, which I've highlighted. I read it out of the Passion. I read, decided to read the book of Acts through the Passion. I was very excited about that. Um, but as I read that, a verse came up that I want to preach on this morning, what I want to share with you this morning, because I think we can learn something from it. So let's turn to the scripture right now. Father God, as we turn to scripture, Holy Spirit, would you take these words? Would you bring them alive in us? Would they become something that more than just we've heard this before, or yes, we know that, but something where you spark off new life, new purpose, new desire, a desire to see your kingdom come, wherever it might be. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just read Acts 20, verse 24. I'm reading it from the New Living Translation. And it goes like this. But my life 
is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Rob Pitt could have written this. Because Rob said to me many a times, I want to die tired doing God's stuff and telling people about Jesus. You could have written this, Rob. In fact, did you write that? No. Okay. And now I know that none of you to whom I have preached the kingdom will ever see me again. I declare today that I have been faithful. If anyone suffers eternal death, it's not my fault, for I didn't shrink from declaring all that God wants you to know. So guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leader. Do you know your assignment? Do you know that God's given you assignment? Turn to the person next to you. I know you hate doing this, but it gets you verbalising and make sure that you're awake and it helps me get back to my notes. Tell someone next to you that you have an assignment. You do have an assignment. Now say it with meaning, will you? Okay? You have an assignment. It's like point the finger at them. You have an assignment. Has anyone watched Mission Impossible? I reckon Mission Impossible is probably going to be one of the most, most used um, movies in church preaching ever. Everyone talks about Mission Impossible. In fact, uh, Nikki, when looked at some, some stuff the other day, she said, you wouldn't believe how many people, churches, have used the theme Mission Impossible. But you know the Mission Impossible song, okay? You know the tune? Hey, where, where, where's me mate? Come on, come play it for us. Ready? You've got to get this. I want everyone to join in. Mission Impossible. Are you ready? Here we go. Come on. Play that little jingle jingle on there for me. Here we go. Here we go. This is Mission Impossible. Your assignment. Ready? Go, Jeremy. Here we go. Dum, 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 dum. Here goes a good bit. Ta-da! Come on. I like that bit. Everyone join in. Come on. Start again. Start again. I want everyone joining in. Ready? Here we go. Kids. Join in with the little tune. Here we go. Mission Impossible. Go. Something like that. Ah, I love that Mission Impossible. Now, the thing about Mission Impossible is anyone, some of you young people may not have seen this, right? But the original Mission Impossible. Who used to watch that in about 73s-ish, right? The Mission Impossible, right? And uh, um, who was it? It was Phipps, was it? it? It was Phipps and Dan were the main, the main guys. Not that Phipps, right? But they, they were all from IMF. Who knows what IMF stands for? Actually, it's not IMF, it's MIF, Sorry. That's why you didn't know it. Okay, so M-I-F. Anyone knows what it stands for? Come on. The Mission Impossible Force. That was the T. Did you say that? Oh, two points. You hang on, hang on. Here we go. You can have, you can have a Smarty. But I haven't got Smarties because they weren't for sale, so you got M&Ms. Okay, so 
MIF, Mission Impossible Force. But the thing about the Mission Impossible Force, they always would start the movie with this stupid tape recorder. Remember? And the tape recorder, what was that? Well, it wasn't stupid, it was important, wasn't it? It was very important. The tape recorder would have the mission on it, right? The silly thing about this recorder, it always used to start off with your mission, if you choose to accept it, right? And it always would finish up with, what does it finish up with, the message? This will destroy in five seconds. Now, could you imagine you've just been given a mission that's impossible and you've got five seconds to remember all the details before it blows up? You can't ask it, well, hang on a minute, where is that guy again and where did he go? What was his, I just missed that detail there and, oh, look, by the way, I'm pretty busy now. Can I put it off till next week? You've got no time to discuss it with this tape recorder because it's going to blow up. And they never used to have a pen and paper. So how did they remember that mission? Now, that's why I like James Bond. Because, see, James Bond, who everyone knows, is truly real. He is. See, you're a James Bond man. Yeah. So James Bond, would, James Bond would always go and have a briefing. And they would have pictures. And sometimes in the modern days, they had this big table. And they would show things. And they would have a discussion. But not with Mission Impossible. You've got five seconds to remember this and go out and now go and put a plan together. You see, with God, sometimes we think that's the same thing. He's given us an assignment. You have been given an assignment. And sometimes we forget what the assignment is. Sometimes we think like, you know, imagine, <laughs> imagine Moses. He goes to the burning bush, right? That was the first Mission Impossible. And the bush starts telling him what he has to do. And then it goes out and he goes, oh, darn it, I forgot. Hang on, let me get a firelighter and get that thing going again because I need to hear that last part of that detail. He didn't get a chance to. God's given you an assignment. The assignment's in here. And guess what? The fire of the Holy Spirit hasn't burnt the book up yet. It's still there. And you and I have an assignment. But sometimes we forget that. Okay, let's have a little bit of a Q&A here. I've got the questions, see who can get the answers. I might have someone help me. I need the kids to answer these, okay? Let's see if we get some kids answering these questions. I need a helper. Okay, can you, Sienna, great. Grab those little lollies, okay? We're going to give the lollies out to people get the right answer. You watch me. Okay, number one, tell me. Who can tell me? Young people first. Anybody under the age of 20? <laughs> Sorry, Ken. So, so, here we go. Ready? Who can tell me what was Moses' assignment? What was his... Over here. There's a hand. Moses. Oops. That's close. It's in the same book, but the wrong person. Okay. Anyone else tell me? Moses. What was his assignment? Awesome. Give a lot of to her. Go, 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 go. Right. So, we found Exodus 3.10. And he was told that you may bring forth my people from the children, from the, my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses had an assignment. Okay, give me another assignment. Joshua. What was Joshua's assignment? Come on. 
A hand. I see a hand. No, that was the same as that one. Close. Same book. Wrong person. Okay. Come on. What was Joshua's assignment? Okay, let's put the ages up a little bit. Are you one? What age are you? Okay, age go up a little bit. Okay, we'll go to 30. Okay, if you're under 30, you're not under 30. I know your age. So, come on, over here. Oh, look, I have a hand. Come on, Joshua's assignment. Hang on, I think we've got it. Yep. What was it? That's right. Over here. Oh, the lolly's over here. Come on. Come on, Sienna. Get your job. Get into it. Joshua's job was to get people into the, into the promised land. Okay, so Moses, take them up to the river. Joshua, get them over that river and into the promised land. What was David's assignment? Who can tell me? I'm not, you're, you're too... He wasn't to build a boat. What's this boat business? <laughs> Is that what you were going to say? Was that you cheeky bloke? Okay, so over here. Oh, look, over here. Over here. Quick, 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 over here. What, what was it? Kill Goliath. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Up there, up there, up there. Ooh, okay. Anyone else tell me what else was David's assignment? Yeah, build a boat? No. He was to be a king. Never lollies. Okay, so. David's assignment <laughs> was to lead God's people. That was his job as a king. He was going to be the king that was after God's heart. Okay, what was Solomon's assignment? Who can tell me what Solomon's assignment was? Come on. He wasn't to build a boat. <laughs> there were so many boats in the Bible. Okay, I'm going to go over back here. Yep. Which would you like to choose, A or B? B. B. Okay, over here, rightio. So Solomon's job was to build the temple, right? Not David's. He came up with the blueprint. Solomon's job, God called him. His assignment, it says here, um, that uh, you would come forth from David. And, uh, and I ordered, oh no, that's order, that's Jeremy. Um, I will establish a throne for his kingdom forever, and he shall build my temple. Jeremiah. What was Jeremiah's assignment? Come on. What was Jerry's assignment? It wasn't a build-up. This is boat business. Come on. Under 30 now. Under 30. Come on. What was Jeremiah's job? Over here. woo -hoo. Not quite, but give him that's a good chance. At least it wasn't a boat, so give him a lolly. Okay. <sighs> so, wh what was Jeremiah's job? Over here. Yes, he was to be a prophet. Good job. Okay, that was a toughie. These people over here didn't know it. He says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew you, and before you came forth out of the womb... I sanctify you and ordained you as a prophet, someone who was going to tell people what God is saying unto the nations. Okay, here's a toughie. Noah. No, no, no. Jonah. Okay, who can tell me what Jonah did? What was his assignment? Oh, I've got a voice. I'm back here. Come on. That's a Jonah. Come on, Jonah, tell me. What was your job? Yep. 
You got it! Here's a Jonah. Give Jonah a couple because he's got the right name. Okay. At the back there, right at the back there. The guy with the, with the, he's got, looks like he should be going fishing. The one, the beanie on. I love your beanie. I wanted that beanie. So Jonah, his job was to go and tell people in Nineveh. Okay, who, what was Paul's assignment? Paul, the apostle Paul. What was Paul's assignment? Not build a boat. You got it. Well, I like that. You're very good. Okay. At least you didn't get a boat. So his job was actually to take the gospel, to take the good news, to build, see the church of Jesus Christ built. That was his assignment. Here's a question. You can sit down now, but what's your assignment? What's your assignment? You see, it's not necessarily written in here. Because we've all been given the same assignment, right? Go into all the world and make disciples. Jesus was told the disciples that and all of a sudden he disappeared. I'm sure they said, hang on, can you tell me, is making a disciple, is that a program or is that, what, what, and what is a disciple and where, what world are we talking about, Jesus? Are we talking about my world? Are we talking about the big world? Or, and he didn't stop to tell them. He just went with this message, with this assignment. Each one of you has been given a God-shaped assignment with his fingerprints on it. Ephesians, it says this, two, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. I ask you again as I ask myself, what's your assignment? What is it? Let me just read out of the Passion, that verse I read earlier, which is, a, which is what really hit me. It says this in the Passion. Go back to Acts. It's more important for me to fulfill my destiny and to finish the ministry my Lord Jesus has assigned to me. I love the way that this is written, which is to faithfully preach the wonderful news of God's grace. I've been part of your lives and shared with you many times the message of God's kingdom's world. But now I leave you and you will not see my face again. If any of you should be lost, I will not be blamed. Why? Because I fulfilled my assignment with you. My conscience is, conscience is, conscience is clean. Because I've taught you everything I could about God's eternal plan. I've never held back. So, guard your hearts. Be true shepherds over the flock and feed them well. Remember, it was the Holy Spirit who appointed you to guard and oversee the churches that belong to Jesus, the Anointed One. I love that. You and I have got a personal assignment and I want to encourage you that God has not finished that assignment in us yet Calamunda Church of Christ God has an assignment for us and his assignment has been the same and he hasn't finished the assignment yet we don't come to church just to have a good time and worship and meet friends it's not just about again hearing those words that we want to hear it's about 
being empowered and encouraged into our assignments that we have tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday. We have an assignment. Do you know what your assignment is? See, some of you, your assignment might be quite simple. I know what God's put me here for. Well, I've got breath in my lungs. I remember hearing somebody say, you know, you're useless. You're a waste of air. You're a waste of breathing good air. It's like, well, darn it. God doesn't think that. Because if he did, he'd take me out by now. You see, whilst I've got air in my lungs, then God's got me here for a purpose. And I want to suggest to you that Katamunda Church, God has an assignment for us. And he's been talking about it for the last three weeks. And today, you personally have an assignment. And I'm not talking about finding a job to do in the church. I'm talking about your life assignment that God has given you. And we can learn some things from that. I'm going to embarrass my amazing, beautiful wife who taught me something. She teaches me lots of things. But the other day we were in the car and she got a text from somebody that we met up when we were at uh, Lake Argyle, actually. We were out there in the boat. And Margie ended up talking to this lady who ended up being a, a student with her at UWA a number of years ago. And they recognised each other. And they started having a conversation. Now, that was two something, nearly three years ago. The other day, Margie gets a text from this same person. Margie, it was so great to meet you again. There is something about you. Not quite, I probably got the words wrong. And I thought, that is Margie's assignment. Margie's assignment. She works at Victims of, of, of Crime and now is working with the health department with, with sexual assault people. But, but her assignment is that she's going to make a difference in the lives of people around her. You have an assignment. And it's a God-appointed assignment that is being created by the God of heaven above and has been given to you. Do you know what your assignment is? Because like Paul, you better know it. You better know it. What is your assignment? Mike Sucato said this. He said, for years, I thought my assignment or the church's assignment was to articulate the gospel and nothing more. Now, I believe that if we don't support the verbal expression of the gospel with physical demonstration of compassion, we are not imitating Jesus. God has an assignment for us to imitate Jesus. Jesus died on the cross, his heart's passion. I love what it says, in, let's see if I can find it, in, in the Passionate, when it talks about the intro to Acts. And it says this about Jesus' purpose of the church. And it's such a great, it says this. Um, ah, Jesus is a, sorry, the church of Jesus is a distinctive community who are on a love mission by the one who loves the world with fiery passion. That's our mission. That's our assignment. That's our calling. That's what you're here for. That's why you're not in heaven yet, because Jesus' only, only way of fulfilling his assignment is by the Holy Spirit being implanted into his temples called you and me. And that's our assignment. Let me just go through some of the things I learned as I uh, looked at the story of Paul. 
Why do we need an assignment? Number one, this is why it's important that you know your assignment. One, it gives you a reason to live. It gives you a reason to live. Paul said this, whether I live or whether I die is not important as long as I fulfill my assignment. His assignment was his reason for living. His assignment on earth was not about just trying to find out who I am. Unfortunately, we live in a society that I think is getting worse and worse when it comes to this. But I think we're losing our purpose even more because it's all about me, my rights, who I am. It's not about what I'm here for. I think we're losing that. I hear the conversations. I see what's happening in the news. And we're all fighting for this narcissistic approach to life, which is all about me. And it's not about me. It's about what I'm here for, for others. And as Christians, we shouldn't be there either. Church isn't about me. Church is about who I am on a mission in this world. And I think God is saying to us, like Paul, this is your reason for being here. Otherwise, I'd take the church home tomorrow. But I've left you here. Why? I leave you in the world, Jesus said in John 17 when he was praying. He said, Father, Father, I've got to leave them here. Look after them. Why? Because you are his assignment here on earth. Your assignment gives you a reason to live. There's more and more discussion happening around the traps at the moment. I was in two just a couple of weeks ago. Different people talking about men's health and men's mental health especially and saying that we're finding more and more men committing suicide and young boys committing suicide. And part of the reason is because they're confused in their identity and they're confused with their purpose, especially men at the men's sheds, which is a great place because at the men's shed, guys are actually able to have conversations, honest conversations about who they are because a lot of guys, when they retire, because men are driven by their purpose of, of, of their positions and all of a sudden when they retire, they're not sure what their purpose is anymore. And there seems to be more and more research going on about the change in the last few years, especially as there's been a healthy change in women's identity. It's been a negative on guys or finding out, well, what am I here for? What's my role in society? What am I supposed to achieve? And it, Jesus says, this is your assignment. Your assignment, your purpose. We need to know our purpose. Young people need to know that they are here for a reason. God has placed you here for a reason. You have an assignment upon your life. Know your assignment. Why? It gives you a reason to live. Second thing that I found out from looking at this verse is your assignment gives you strength to overcome. See, Paul had just been prophesied that he was going to be bound up and he was going to be in chains and he was going to be in prison and don't go to Jerusalem because they're going to lock you up. Don't go to Rome because they're going to lock you up again. And that's why Paul could say, it doesn't matter. That's not going to hold me back because I haven't finished my assignment yet. You see, your assignment will cause you to push through the hard stuff when you know what you're here for. When you know you've got an assignment, you might hit problems. You see, the people of the promise, when they went to the promised land, God promised them a land of milk and honey. Joshua took them over the sea. But guess what? 
They had battle after battle after battle. They fought. They had battle. They had problems. They had battles. You see, just because you're stepping into the promise doesn't mean you don't have the problems. Just because you're stepping into the promise doesn't mean you're not going to hit obstacles. There are obstacles there, but see, that's the whole idea. If I know where I'm going, the obstacles are only temporary because you have an assignment. You have an assignment, and God's empowered you for that assignment, and he wants you to finish that assignment. There's an assignment on your life. You will hit problems. I listened to, you may remember, uh, David Hodgson, who came over here. I've been listening to some of his stuff through Kingdom Investors, which our, um, Jenny and Laszlo have been significant parts of. And if you're in business, I encourage you to find out and talk to those guys about Kingdom Investors because it's an amazing organisation and it's, it will em empower you on your assignment. But David Hodgson was here a number of years ago. You may remember. Um, he's a, he heads up Kingdom Investors. He's a multi-billionaire businesses across the world. He heads up... Um, a whole heap of things. But he was also a SAS um, soldier with the Rhodesian army many years ago. And he was here, I remember, when I shook his hand, thinking, I'm going to do this carefully because he's likely to kill me. Um, so I, I did shake his hand very carefully. Um, but he was an amazing story. And he talks, talks about, especially if you look on the Kingdom Investors website, he tells his story of an assignment that they were given to infiltrate, because Rhodesia at that stage was surrounded by enemy, everybody, the whole world. And uh, they knew that there were people coming down across the borders um, and in boats and they were destroying um, the local Rhodesian people and killing lots of Rhodesians. And so they, in the SAS, had an assignment. There was 18 of them. And he talks about how they, they crossed over into enemy lines and they left 10 behind and 8 kept going. And then they left another 2 behind and, and uh, um, 6 kept going. And they kept leaving different people at different spots until there was only 2 left, which was him and another guy that had to go right into enemy camp, take explosives, put them onto the boats and then get back and, dig it and, uh, and um, ignite those explosives. But as he tells this story, you see that here's a man on an assignment and he knows his mission and he knows that he's going to possibly lose his life. But you see, the assignment, the saving hundreds of thousands of civilians in Rhodesia was his assignment. You see, God has an assignment and sometimes it's going to be hard yards. And sometimes it means that we've got to cross over into enemy territory. And sometimes it means that we've got to go against all odds. But God has an assignment on your life. And he wants you to know it. Why? Because it will help you, one, know your purpose and give you a reason to live. But secondly, your assignment. When you know your assignment, you will overcome obstacles. Marg and I, many years ago, were running a children's home. You may remember it would be married six months and we took on a children's home called Mofflin Children's Home. We had eight boys, all under the age of 16, and all who were struggling with emotions of, and uh, abandonment and all that stuff. And Marg and I, I was supposed to be working, and I was at that time. I was in real estate, in a, not real estate, in, in retail. I was working in a, a shoe store which meant that I was working long hours um, and uh, Margie would be supposed to be home being a, a surrogate mum to eight boys who were all emotionally disturbed in a lot of ways. 
and Margie would ring me up and sometimes they would get quite violent and sometimes they, Margie at one stage was uh, at a telephone cord wrapped around her neck, I think, or they were threatening to um, because she wouldn't use the phone and, and we had to make a decision. We had to make a decision. Are we going to keep doing this because this isn't great or do we do something different? Is this our assignment? And we decided it was our assignment for these boys because these boys have had so many people in their lives leave them. So we said, we will push through with this assignment. I will leave my job and we'll work on it together. And we'll, we'll live in this house with these boys together. We'll do this together. We're gonna, because, why? Because this is our assignment. It was that time I think we discovered our real assignment as a couple. It's interesting because we left there and then we ended up, uh, I went back into, real estate, into um, retail and ended up still doing work with young people who would come to Kmart and then from there we found an assignment that took us into Youth for Christ and then Perth City Mission and then later. But each time those assignments that we had had difficulties. They had problems. We had to face difficult things and each time we were able to push through. Why? Because we know God has got an assignment on our lives. God has an assignment on your life and it will help you push through the battles if you know that it's an assignment. What's your assignment? What is the assignment that God has on you? I encourage you to discover that. Not only would it help you push through, the third thing I discovered about this assignment, it validates our relationship with Jesus. Look what Paul says. He says at the end of that passage, shepherd the flock. Look after them. That's your assignment. Why? Because Jesus brought those people with a price where he gave up his life for the church. You see, Paul was motivated by his relationship with Jesus. He was motivated by his relationship with Jesus. Our assignment is something that validates and is motivated by our relationship with Jesus. When we understand what he's done, when we understand what he went through, when we understand that he came from heaven to earth to live amongst us and to face a terrible death simply so that he could have relationship with you and I, that should be the greatest motivation for the assignment. It validates and we validate our relationship with Jesus. So in closing, I want to encourage you. Do you know your assignment? Here's three things I'm going to suggest to you about how you can find your assignment because next week I want to talk to you about what is it that actually breaks our assignment. But here's three things I want to encourage you to think about. You write these down. I look at Paul's life. I say, Paul, how did Paul discover his assignment? The first thing Paul did was you need to look at Paul's life, his, his life and his experience of life set him up for his assignment. You see, Paul was given a whole bunch of ordinary, everyday human gifts. His gift to be able to address people in authority, his gift to be able to, to communicate and to allow governors and people of authority to give him the right to go and kill Christians, this all happened before he was a Christian. He was being set up and he was being developed by natural giftings. If you want to know your assignment, first look at what your giftings are. What is it? I'm not talking about spiritual giftings. I'm talking about you as a person. What has God gifted you with? 
You know, some of you are gifted with amazing abilities, abilities of connecting with people. Maybe your gift is, is organisation. Maybe your gift is, is, is communication. Maybe your gift is your ability just to, to do hard work and to, to care for people. Find out what your gift is. Look around. What is it you love doing? What is it that you're good at doing? If you don't know, ask somebody. But it first starts with how were you made? You were gifted. The second thing to look at is look at your life experience. Paul had been through a life experience. He had been, I mean, he was a bit confusing because he was a bit Jewish. He was a bit Roman and, and Greek. He was a little bit, he hung out with the Gentiles. He was sort of a bit all over the place. But that's because God had set him up for his particular unique assignment. See, one of the dangers is what we try and do someone else's assignment. You can't do someone else's assignment. You can't do mine. Don't try. Because if you do, you'll fall over. Why? Because I'm better than you? No. Because you see, God has equipped. He's used my previous life. He's used my giftings to set me up. And here's another thing. I, I read this a few weeks ago. It was about knowing your assignment. And it said, the third thing, what are you passionate about? In other words, what gets you angry? What gets you really, oh. You see, one thing that gets me angry is that the enemy is stealing the very harvest that belongs to the church in our community. That's what bugs me. There's a harvest out there, and guess who's ripping it off? The enemy. And what's the church doing? We're in our cave. And that gets me frustrated. How do we get back the harvest? That's my passion. What's your passion? Your passion might be ministry overseas. Your passion might be business. Your passion might be the people who are committing suicide and the lost and the lonely and the kids who are hurting. What's your passion? Find out your gift. Find out your life experience. And thirdly, what are you passionate about? I love, if you haven't got a passion, ask God to put the desires of his heart into your heart. And you start seeing the things that you weep about when you see it on TV. You see kids who are hurting and broken, kids who are starving, and you go, God, I can feel your heart. He says, that's because that's your assignment. That's your assignment. Go and do it. What's your assignment? God's got an assignment for you. We're going to come into a time of, uh, of um, communion right now. I'm going to ask our helpers to bring up the communion. And the communion, as we stop right now and take the bread and the cup, is the very reason why you and I have been given assignments. Something that gives you a reason to live. Something that gives you the power to overcome. And an assignment that validates your relationship with Him. Jesus died on a cross. If you haven't given your life to Jesus, let me tell you, you're missing the most exciting journey ever. Because when you give your life to Jesus, He gives you an assignment. He gives you a purpose. He gives you a reason to live. And as you hold that cup and bread, just hold it in your hands, the cup and the bread, just hold it together because we're going to eat and drink this together. But I've got to tell you, Christianity isn't just about having to be good because Jesus has made you good. It's not about doing the right things. That's religion because he did the right thing. Christianity 
is about allowing the person of Christ to fulfill his desire, his plan, the God so loved the world plan, to fulfill that through you and I, to become one with him in the mission of bringing his kingdom to earth. And so he says, first of all, you know that stuff you did bad that separated you from me? That's why I died on the cross, to wipe that free. Just confess it. Lord, I'm sorry. I've had bad thoughts this week again. I've, Lord, I know that I haven't spent time with you. I know I've said things that aren't quite true. God, would you forgive me of that? And he said, no, no problem. That's why I died on the cross. And then you say, now God, here I am. Take my life and use it. He says, great, good. Here's your assignment. It's not on a tape recorder. It's actually you and me having the yarn through here and one-on-one because he's got an assignment for you. Just hold the bread, which is a reminder that Jesus came and walked on earth so that you and I might have relationship with him. He walked into your world. He walked into your life. The cup is a reminder that he didn't just come into our world, but he died purposefully. He died because it was his assignment. He died so that you and I might know him. That's why you hold the cup. Remind you that he died on the cross. He gave his life for you. As you hold that now and close your eyes, just for a time of quiet as we just reflect on that. You say, Lord, I accept you for who you are. Just remind me of my assignment. Just remind me of what I'm here for and what you've appointed me to do. Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask right now that you will just plant a seed inside each one of us. Some of us have gone off track on the assignment. We got caught up on other things. Forgive us of that. Just reignite that assignment you've given us. Father, forgive us. Forgive me for walking off that assignment and only doing things for myself. Forgive me for that. But I'm going to ask now, Spirit of God, would you speak prophetically in the lives of people here? Would you encourage those who are on assignment? Would you reignite assignments that have been lost? Would you lead us into the assignment? And I pray, God, as a church leader here, that we want to accept as a church the assignment that you have given us the particular one that's different to any other group you've given us one that's particular for us we can be comfortable that we can be who we are in you we are who we are and you've given us an assignment kids that don't know you in our community through our youth ministry children who don't know you through our children's ministry 
alpha. It's the assignments you've given us, Lord God. So we accept that. Because of the cup and because of the bread, we now eat and drink. Amen. Let's eat and drink.